You know what to do. Leave a message after the... Yo, what's up, Philip Vanguard? This is Darren McKenzie Taylor, man. We out here at the studio recording Biden 2020 campaign track. Just as I represent the white community, homie, we're going to need you, you to bring that urban ghetto edge on the real real. I want you to be flyer. I want you to be more illin than MC Light and Kumo D stuck together. So snap on that Kango hat because your people need you right now. They need Joe Biden. And if you don't believe me, Mac, then you don't hear me, though. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The New Adult. I am Philip Vanguard, and I'm accompanied by my pignacious pal, My name is Darren Darren McKenzie Taylor, a.k.a. DMT. I am the foremost prominent spokesman for the white community in America and abroad, throughout the former colonies, throughout the Anglo empire. Good evening to one and all. Oh, sorry, I just took a bite out of it's my sandwich. What are you <laughs> eating, by the way? Mm. Did your mom just make you a sandwich? Yeah, it's um, so it's like, it's ground beef, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, I don't even know what it's called. It's good. I like it. I like it. My mom, what's, what's I went up? to see my mom. She gave me, uh, let me tell you. No, I'll tell you. She gave me like, a jar of um, kind of stir fried uh, marin- uh, beef marinated with, with ginger and garlic and uh, Maggie sauce, like a soy sauce. Oh my God. Whew. She said she wants to make it. She's so sweet. To make it like uh, this kind of uh, food we used to have in uh, China when my parents came to visit me, right? Mm-hmm. So usually she kind of, you know, talks shit about Chinese people. But I think she's like, okay, because she knows it means a lot to me and it's like a memory, she made this style of meat. It's not exactly the same, but the flavor is similar enough. Mm. Ding, 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 ding. Food is love. Food is you love. Know. Oh my God. I went Food to is see... love. Let me t- the night I find out, ladies and gentlemen, this is a new adults podcast. We're talking about the controversial events of the protest. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it happy? Is it sad? No, when I found out about it, I had just been to my mom's house and I had like, I swear to God, listen, Philip Vanguard, this is what I had in the bag. I, I had fucking fiber bars, protein bars, gummy bears, Cheez-Its. And then uh, all this beef, this jar of beef, and then um, a whole like 12 pack of uh, instant noodles. And even it's um, supposed to be a Sichuan flavor that like she knows I like. So yeah, and, and clothes. And then she gave me clothes too, like socks and shirts and shit. Wow, yeah, that's how moms do it, you know? <laughs> Just take this, and grabbing things as you go. No reason. It's random shit. Yeah, no and reason. Food and food, yeah. Yeah. I thought, sh- okay, so the, lis- the listeners should probably know. Let them know. Um, we're going to let them know. <laughs> so this podcast, this episode's going to be a little, slightly different. I don't know how humorous or funny it will be, but we're talking about um, current events uh, and what's happening right now. There's a lot happening. There's, we've got yeah, this I'm not pandemic. gonna listen. I'm not gonna joke about it. There's no jokes left. No, I'm serious. The, the jokes have been furloughed. I'm sorry, honey. Wait, can you finish what you're gonna say? 
Sorry, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right, so just to set the stage, like we've got a pandemic going on. We've got this, you know, social uprising or riots, whatever you want to call it, all spurred by the slew of highly visible viral um, instances of police brutality and all that. And, um, you know, people are not working because of the pandemic, all this shit. And um, I'm actually up north. I'm staying with family because uh, personally I've got, I'm taking care of their um, health problems and trying to fill in the gaps for them. So that sort of paints like the backdrop. Personally, like I'm here with my two adoptive white parents and out there in the world, there's like uncertainty, there's chaos. And I thought, you know, I guess it's a good time to talk about it with my man, Darren. <laughs> and for the record, your adoptive white parents, are you in fact a white man, Philip Vanguard? <laughs> for those who haven't listened to much of our episodes, I don't even know who, who's listening, but everybody got to do it. You know, I, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm black. I am black. And I'm um, white. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to grow up in any kind of majorly white family, really, or majorly white area, except for, for three years, I lived in Cyprus, which is mostly white, but I lived in the apartment areas with the minorities. But I, I, I am glad that I don't, I don't have to deal with any of this shit. I mean, obviously, growing up, I know, thank God, the police ain't gonna kill me, right? That's a good thing. But right now, this time, I'm glad I don't have to deal with any of the other side of the, of the, the aisle. You know what I mean? They're like, what about this? What about the slave that stole a chicken? What yeah, about you don't have to dispel or debunk these what about arguments. You don't have to, that's like, if there was a checklist of like privileges that white people have, mm -hmm. one of them is not, is you don't have to convince people of your own suffering or, you know, your people. That you're a human, that you're yeah. a human and being. And that too, that too, that's right underneath or yeah. above it. So um, it's nice that, you know, you always seem to speak on your understanding of your whiteness and your privilege, you know? Yeah, but it's not because I'm trying to be nice. That's why yeah. I look, because this shit's been yeah. on my mind. And that's why I thought, I want to say, I don't know why, but I feel like I have to tell the whole world, don't ever fucking call me a white ally, please. Don't ever fucking refer to, no disrespect, homie. Don't ever refer to me as a white ally. And I think it's fucking, it's a trip right now to see some of the white, uh, some of the white people be doing the, what about the slave that stole the chicken reasoning? You know what I mean? Which is like, well, what about, uh, you know, he had improper grammar and uh, he had those uh, cheap ass, Dress for less tennis shoes, you know this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like all oh, this fucking yeah. random shit yeah. about why the motherfucking why he deserved to be killed. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Twenty years, you want more? Okay, I'm kind of like, you know, recording. Like I told you a few minutes ago, so I'll come in. If I want it, I'll come and get it. <laughs> so, right, real fast. I'm not gonna edit. I'm not gonna edit these. This podcast. This episode. I'm not gonna real do life. it here. Real life. It's real life. Um, a famous boy band. Yeah. yeah. And to have your dad bug you when you're doing a podcast. Right. That's real yeah. life. It's real life. You know, he's 84 years old. Holy shit, Thomas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mother, that all, oh, honey. Yeah. 
yeah, he and my mom, he adopted me when I, I guess he was 51. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I like your point you're making. Can I, I feel- Can I say, yeah, finish real fast, sorry. Okay. That, <laughs> I just want to say in the other side right now, the other side of the white people, they're fucking sad. They said, I understand because they're like, oh shit. Like it really is that fucked up, I guess, right? I don't know. So I feel weird because for me, I feel like this is a fucking major victory because now all these fucking white people following all these black people, everybody following the black people in the street, millions of motherfuckers. So I feel that's, that's the victory already. So I feel empowered, you know what I mean? You're, you're talking about so many, so many things at once, you know? Like they were protesting in Paris and uh, Norway. I, how many black people live in Norway, you know? And then all 50 states, you know? <laughs> It's pretty astounding, but, but I guess we're going to be talking at first about the, the, uh, the protests spurred by George Floyd. Like we have to acknowledge the fact that he's a cis black man. Okay. And the level of outrage and protest wasn't happening with Breonna Taylor. You know, there's, there were a lot of people before George Floyd. And, um, and then the fact that so many officers were seen in that video, in a way, it's almost like he's the perfect victim. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these white people who were like, what about this um, slave with a chicken or whatever? That's, you know, it's almost like they're seeking, they, there's almost a part of them when they're saying this shit, it's like, well, we would believe you if the, the victim were perfect, if they, you know, if they didn't have a criminal past, if, you know, yeah. all this shit. You know, and George Floyd, like, like the additional videos that were coming forth were even more damaging towards the police officers, right? So it's like literally, like you, he, you can't overstate the fact that he was like compliant and all this stuff. So it's, I suspect, a lot easier for all these white people to see that and get outraged and then follow suit with all the people who are marching, you know? So what's interesting to me, it's pretty incredible to see how all of this has been covered. So when I do go online or forced to watch TV, because I'm at my parents' place, I don't have my own room. And so, and they have a television in every single room, okay? So, and when it's on this local news, it's so fascinating how detached from reality so you're watching whatever your cell phone footage on Instagram and Twitter and all that. And then you're watching the same, sometimes the same footage, but it's cut off at a particularly contentious or at a point where it doesn't serve the news's narrative. Yeah. And I'm just like that and all this other stuff. I'm like, it is so like the powers that be are so nakedly um, behaving like fascists, you know? And, and I, I mean, I'm just a regular degular guy. And when I use the word fascist, I have a very like limited um, understanding of the word. So <laughs> in terms of like examples that I can pull from, you know, and all that stuff. So if, if I can see it and say, oh God, that's not normal. Then one, I'm like, how can people like my elderly parents see this and not say, oh, this is unusual, especially since my dad grew up in the depression era, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then two, it's just so, if I can see it, then it has to be especially obvious, you know? Like when these people are just pushing around and shooting at uh, press people, you know, and it 
seems like they're doing it for sport. It's just every, every day, it just seems so clear. Well, let's say, yeah, and let's say, and let's say five months ago, let's say a couple, last year, year before, let's say you and me were talking, and then you saw me on uh, Facebook, and I'm like, gentrification, gentrification, da-da-da, racist, right? And then you see all these motherfuckers that are like, wait a minute, you know what I'm saying? They got organic uh, fucking avocado smoothie or whatever the fuck. Then you, all those motherfuckers are like, oh, Darren, you're an asshole, da-da-da. Now, even those people that I'm sitting there talking shit about, they're going to be protesting too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It changes so fast. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to the idea that, you know, these powerful thugs are behaving so with like little fear or little disregard for um, how that their actions will be like rebroadcast and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. when, that CNN, was it CNN? There was one female reporter who was pelted by rubber bullets live. Mm -hmm. And um, when news, I don't know what channel it aired initially, but when news started reporting on that, subsequently, um, they, and then articles I would see, it would be like news anchor or journalist is um, pelted by bullets. They didn't attribute who was, you know, shooting those things. They didn't say the cops or anything. The bullet snuck up on him. It just snuck up, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my God. There's just so many things at play. It's so overwhelming, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's what I mean by what, what I'm thinking about, how a lot of these people that, to be honest, I was frustrated with, angry with, because I felt like they were complicit in gentrification and kind of this, this prejudice against working class people on the presumption of diversity in the actuality of like the same old fucking restrictions. You know what I mean? So on the, then this shit pops off. March 13th, right? I remember thinking, damn, all these, all these good educated people that I work with, I thought, man, they are shaken up. They are confused. And then we, as we've gone through this process, they're, they're demoralized in a lot of ways. And this has intensified all those divisions. And you walk, you, you know, like I said, this is the left's 9-11, COVID, Ooh. right? Yeah. And you see all, the, all us good liberals, queers or whatever, every one of us I know, we take the guidelines seriously. We don't want to get infected. And we think this is a major shit and you should be testing, da, da, da. You step over the Orange County border, homie, they've rediscovered themselves. You know what I mean? They're having uh, fucking book reading in the park. You know what I'm saying? They're at the beach. They're, I just went over there like yeah. last week. They're out in, in the restaurants. Nobody's wearing a mask. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. they're asserting themselves against their enemies, which is us or whoever they think we are like beholden to. Yeah, I guess it's important to contrast the COVID protests against what, you know, I'm, I'm even hesitant to say all of the protests that are happening right now, you know, calling them all Black Lives Matter protests. It's easy, but it's like, it's not just that, but in terms of the outcomes and how, how people chose to protest, I think it's important to mention how like the hypocrisy and how it's like, in a way, 
I like what you said, you know, all these people, the OCs discovering themselves, you know, mm-hmm. suddenly they have something to fight for. Suddenly they have something. Yeah. But I think it's still important to, to contrast I, if, without saying how obvious the contrast is, right? Like, because, you know, Karen's over here yelling in front of a cop and then Kevin's got his AR-15 or whatever they're called, a gun, and nothing's happening. And then, you know, people are protesting for the most part peacefully. And then all of the, you know, the cops are called and then we have, you know, the Coast Guard. But I, I'm not concerned with pointing out the hypocrisy. I'm concerned with in seeing the hypocrisy, you should realize that nothing Black people do will ever, ever be right. There's no right way to protest, you know, and there's no right way to express our anger. Okay, because this narrative of, oh, the people who are, who are starting these, the violence, it's just cops or it's just white people. It's like, you can't, you can't prove that. And you know for a fact there are black people out there, you know, getting wild and throwing shit. And that denies black people their right to feel and express and have an outlet for their anger, you know? Yeah, is it, are they superhuman or subhuman? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Never just like, you would be pissed off too and want to tear some shit up. Exactly, you know? Um, so, I mean, there's that, but this, um, YouTube personality, I think her name is, let me see what, what is oh, her dear. name? Oh, well, honey. hold on. She had a pretty good take, you know, okay. I mean, I'm not going to reiterate her no, entire no, 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 take. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Sorry. Uh, Kimberly Foster. So okay. she's known on YouTube for, as for Harriet, but she said it best. She was like, this is a state of emergency. Um, and you do whatever you need to do to get things done. And she said, this is preventable, you know? So yeah, a lot of people, a lot of white people were spending a lot of time like wringing their hands and, you know, describing the, the hypocrisy of it all. And I'm like, so what? Why don't we focus on the fact that a lot of black people on one hand feel like we have to uh, continue this respectability, you know, continue to seek out like uh, respectability and present ourselves in a way that makes us seem worthy for attention, you know, mm-hmm. and how like useless that is. You don't, and then, yeah. oh, no. go, go for it. Go for it. I just, because, because what you're doing is you're bringing up my territory, which is the white community, homie. Okay. Okay. And as the spokesman, as the premier national spokesman for the white community, Darren McKenzie Taylor, I think, man, to my, to my fellow Aryan people, it's rough when we, when our identity is no longer based on being better than you or owning you, and then who are we going to be? Just feeling sad? That's why I feel, white people shouldn't feel sad. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. if you feel sad, be sad. If you want to be pissed off, be pissed off. But if we realize that the, the whole shit about we're the master race, because that's what our life has been based on for how many generations. Dude, once that goes away, bro, then you're like, oh, shit, like, we're all friends or shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're all, like, the same kind of Care Bear. We're all, like, Pokemons. We might look different. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, then you could be like, yeah. well, just make sure we all help each other. And if I see my friend being killed, that's a no-no. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we don't but it all, it's still, them. like, it's like... <sighs> It, I mean, systemic racism, 
right? Like that filters through every, everyone's life, every corner of our lives, mm-hmm. you know? And I have to remind myself that it's just not systemic racism doesn't just apply to, um, you know, housing and policies. It's like ideals and it's learned um, accepted beliefs, you know, when, especially when I see like my uh, Latinx friends who are just like mm, not being the best um, allies. Or, oh, you know, what, honey? That's tell me, is it, is it like, who's got it worse? Who did it? What is it? What is it? What do you mean? Oh, it's, it's that. It's who's got it worse. It's, um, you know, if you, if you weren't criminals, Here's maybe you wouldn't up. get, you know, you, <laughs> hot. <laughs> no, if you weren't such criminals, maybe, just maybe, you wouldn't get killed by police. The same thinking that, you know, a, per- a white dude in Kentucky would have, might have, um, to justify police brutality. I'm hearing and seeing on like Latin people, like Latin friends, it's like mm-hmm. um, social media and stuff. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But then I'm like, oh, systemic racism. Oh, you know, it's not yeah. just this um, institution that's tangible and that we navigate through and live through. It's the institution that we, you know, filter our thoughts through, you know? Hey, look. Look, I would say too, in my own way, everybody wants to think they can be white. Everybody wants to think they can be like white people. So I, dude, you know where I'm from? It's a bunch of Mexicans, right? So I know even my friends, even my friends. I remember one time I had to tell my friend, you know, it's no longer acceptable to say the N word, bro. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Just like, just like I'm letting them know, like, oh, those shoes aren't in style or like nobody wears their hair like, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) It's natural, isn't it? But that everybody wants to be white, bro. Everybody wants to be white. And that's why I'm like, from the inside looking out, I'm like, like, you, you can't, like, there's no point in switching places because if you are under an oppressive system, at some point you might realize, okay, I'm not shit. I'm nothing to these motherfuckers. This isn't a democracy. They've been giving me all this bullshit, making me think everything works like it's, you know what I mean? Like a fantasy. And you, you know what I'm saying? For your survival. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like some people can't buy into that. They can't start believing that or thinking that because, you know, uh, so much of capitalism is based on, or all of capitalism is based on, you know, standing on top of others and exploiting them. So mm-hmm. for that to be an accepted universal, like universally understood, that means like we're going to have to say goodbye to capitalism. And that's true. Going back to um, uh, for Harriet, Kimberly Foster, I mean, she was talking about the other day about uh, Black Wall Street and Black capitalists, you know? Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think about people like Oprah who has amassed so much wealth, but- um, I know. Like I mean, she's done it through the exploitation of like people and bringing them on TV and like all of that, so. Yeah, sweetheart, princess. That's why I say, dude, please do not call me a white ally because I do not want to be in any conversations about uh, which black person is the real black person. You know what I'm saying? Or like, <laughs> because you know what I mean? Because everybody's going to come along. Like in Long Beach, Rex Richardson, he'll tell you, he's like, I'm just a humble black man of humble origins and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he's paid off by the developers. And as a white person, I can look at a million white people and say, hey, look, I got all my shit. If you work hard, you're going to get your shit too. Buddy, that didn't work for my dad or my grandpa or my grandma, you know what I mean? Or my yeah. sister, or my, you know, so nah, fuck that shit. Yeah, 
Um, But then, okay, personally, I'm just like, I constantly feel like deficient when it comes to feeling or being black. Like I, I, we talked to, I guess, I think we talked about it before on Mm -hmm. the show, but like I was adopted at 13 months old. Yeah. And um, no one in my, at least my immediate family are people of color. Okay. So um, there are certain things that I just didn't really consider like racial profiling or just implicit bias until like, you know, my friends would point it out, you know, and there's just so, when there's a moment like this, you know, I, I, I kind of get tensed. I, I tense up when people turn to me and they're like, Philip, what should, how can I be a better ally or whatever? And I'm just like, ah, I don't even know if I'm like the best. Li- I don't, I don't feel oh. like I have the credentials, you oh. know? That's sci-fi, that's sci-fi, man. That's memory white. Because you didn't make yourself black and no disrespect to black people who want to tell you that or have this discussion. It's okay, that's, that's somebody else's shit. But I'm saying white people made you black. Were you talking about race as a construct or something? Yeah. Specifically the category of black. Okay, I'm going to push back because that's kind of like saying I don't see color. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. This is kind of a like harmless, benign example, but like... I was at work a long time, like working my first job and um, it was me and this like, the dude looked like he could be in the KKK, right? He was just pasty white, intimidating, muscled, shaved head, right? But he was, he was a homie, he was a cool guy. And (laughs) he just looked that way. But like, we're walking up through a hallway and uh, we're getting ready for all these guests to approach us. And I was brand new and I wanted to be helpful, right? And so this um, older white gentleman approaches and, you know, I'm trying to be open, right? So I'm like taking a step forward and I think I'm smiling and I'm trying to be welcoming and I'm, I can recognize that he has a question and I wanted to be there and I wanted to answer it because I was new. And he pauses and he turns to the white guy and asked him a question and he left. I was like, oh man, was it something I did? Like, was I not smiling? Did I have like a weird resting face? Um, did I hesitate? Did I not acknowledge him? And the dude was like, no, hold on, hold on. He's like, sometimes people will do that. They'll, they'll go towards the people they look like. Yeah. And I was like, whatever do you mean? He's like, there's a possibility that he just didn't want to talk to you because you're black. And I was just like, no, mind blown, mind blown. And oh, I was I like, you. I get you, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I didn't have that sort of, um, I just never worried. I never thought that was a thing. Even, even while I was like going through high school, like there were just certain like accepted norms, things that black people generally understand. Yeah. I heard someone say somewhere, that um, all of you white people that are, that are asking to be educated on things and how they can be better, you know, black people are, they're born into that. Well, I wasn't born into that shit, you know? And so every time there's a moment, I'm just like tensed up. And then I'm like trying to like learn as much as I can. Cause I am like, yeah, I've got, there's things I just gotta know. Look, that's the educated mindset. That's the educated mindset. Like I'm just, I, I am what I am, you know? But it is kind of hard when, on one hand, it's like I'm feeling the pain 
you know, I, I feel pained when I hear about all this injustice and see it and it makes me sick, but it also, I approach things with a sense of, of a feeling of lacking. Like I'm not, I, I'll never understand enough or I've been given a disadvantage because I've been surrounded by this culture that doesn't, hasn't really engaged with my people, right? You know, so it's like, I, there's this guilt and that's not healthy. I don't think it's healthy, you know, but, um, and it's, it's, it is it's, what it is. it's and everybody, everybody's going to go through these feelings of, am I real? Am I the real thing that I'm supposed to be? But that's, nobody's the real thing they're supposed to be. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just a fucking, uh, it's just a fucking fraternity kind of fucking mindset. You know what I mean? Who's cool? That, to be honest with you, man, I'm going to say this, like, for me, I only look at my experience and just even growing up in Norwalk and then kind of knowing, living in different places and knowing black people here and there and then uh, being a sub for a few years over in all the Inglewood, Watts, Compton, whatever areas. For me, I'm like, how am I going to walk around? thinking about which kind of black people is which kind of black people or what's really going on with the black people. There's a whole lot of motherfuckers on the street, whole lot of fucking apartment buildings, people driving cars, people like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't give a fuck, homie. Like, yeah. I'm telling you, I can't stand this shit when I hear people talking about a hood pass or invited to the cookout. Yeah. What the like, are you corny? Did, yeah. Have you been outside? Have you looked around in the world? Which okay, let me let me let me just say this though. Yeah. Um, invited to the cookout and all that. Like, I feel like this is just me. I haven't really thought about this or heard myself say it. So I could. I hope I don't say anything that's incomprehensible. But the whole idea of the cookout and similar concepts is like, well, it makes sense that it exists because you know the whole fact that like we were like stolen you know and then property like it's nice to think that there is a place where we can reside and and just be ourselves and all the different varieties of blackness you know um it's nice to think that there is um communal experience that is separate from white people or whatever just because white people are so pervasive they're you know it's the um default image that we see and we hear about you know we don't get that so i can understand like it's easy for you to say i don't i don't give a fuck about that we're all different and i can recognize how unique everybody is but for uh, like people who are not given that not recognized as existing and then also at the same time people genuinely wishing we didn't exist it's kind of nice to have something you know yeah, yeah, yeah. no i don't mean i don't mean I don't mean I dislike the sentiment behind it. I'm sorry. To be mm -hmm. honest, that's one of the most like fucking mind fuck things that, that I've experienced in my life is seeing so many fucking black people that do have a sense of community, a tacit unspoken sense of community and are showing love to each other every day. Right. And, and all the sketchy neighborhoods, you know what I mean? All these mm -hmm. scary places and to see how fucking how much love black people have. I just mean when it, when in like this popular culture sense about which white person is the good white person and which white person mm. is down. Don't I, no, yeah. no. It doesn't amount. It doesn't, 
amount to anything. It doesn't contribute to the betterment of anyone who to point to someone and lift them up and say, they're a good ally. To think that you have to encourage allyship. That should just exist. It kind of, okay, it brings me back to the problems I was having recently with my family. Yeah. Like, I'm here, I've been coming up here. Um, I live in Long Beach and I've been commuting from Long Beach to mm-hmm. Vacaville. It's bad enough having to like share space with parents, right? Mm-hmm. For any child, any grown child. Mm-hmm. But hearing them talk about their, their hot takes. Yeah. It, it, you know, they're old, but their takes are kind of problematic. And um, mm-hmm. they're, they say things and I just want to yell at them. I just want to educate them. But then I feel like, why, why do I have that, that need to educate my parents? They're not going to go out into the greater society and change opinions and change the world. You know, they don't, what, what's in it for me? And I should just be accepting of their, their failings, right? But then I realized, oh, you know what? Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. I realized that there, there's certain things that should just be innate, you know? Mm-hmm. And what I'm wanting is them to have the curiosity and the sensitivity to know, oh, well, I'm recognizing something in what's happening right now is bugging my son. That's it. Yeah. And they don't have that all the time, you know? They don't have that sense of um, walking on eggshells if, I, if they've said something and I kind of give them a side eye. They don't have that. Maybe if you just vent, get this shit off your chest, enough they'll shut up about it and stop bugging you you know what i mean well i think they've started doing that the other night i stormed out you know i was like i don't want to see the protests i know they're happening you don't have to tell me that uh the, the, the national guards here in sacramento like you don't have to tell me this shit i am starting to feel like all of this happening all of this you rebroadcasting what's, mm-hmm. what's on the news is sort of like becoming i don't want to use the word traumatic but it's 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 you know, affecting me in a mm-hmm, negative way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, what really hurts is just like, there's certain things that my mom has said that is a little dismissive, but I think for them, they believe that because they raised me, they've shown that they have like unconditional love for me. But that's like, love is an active thing. It's an ongoing thing, you know? Yeah. And um, so that's where my feelings get hurt. And that's when... I think back to, okay, these white people on my feed or the people who are messaging me all of a sudden who are asking, how do I be a better person or a better, more sensitive person? You know, I do kind of get tired of it, but then I'm just like, well, I wish someone, at least they have that ability that my parents don't seem to have, you know? You know what, too? Actually, I want to say the other night, I was also thinking... I take back everything I said about complaining about all these other leftists and their tight ass white language about white allies and performative blah, 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 just on an aesthetic level. I take it back. I take it back because now all the motherfuckers joined everybody. You know what I mean? I know it's because of the situation too, but people are a lot more ready to accept that the guy was killed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And just like that, fool, just like that. So also, I don't, I don't really oppose what anybody's doing in the sense that I'm going to stand up and say stop or pass the law in terms of what we're all doing because I know that this view you're talking about, um, I've been privileged to live outside of it. You know what I'm saying? 
because I've been stuck with the minorities, right? There's mm. nothing like that. There's nothing like that. I have a aunt who I think didn't like Americans or white people, didn't like me, but mm -hmm. it was never an issue. It was never an issue. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. give a fuck. What's she going to do? You know what I'm saying? She's five foot three. You know what I mean? She, so. Yeah. So you never had to worry about people in your family or or anyone saying, oh, but are you go you're going to vote blue, right? Like, like bitch. <laughs> Just because, or people who are like desperately clinging for you to be like, not all cops are bad just because you have cops in your family, right? Like, no, no. I love, I love the, I love all my family. I love the felons and the cops and the vets and all that shit. But I know, I, I, I learned things from my brother. One of them was about, you know, how long you should let a guy look at you before you look back, you know, if you want to start mm -hmm. shit or whatever. Mm -hmm. I also learned, here's what you do about the police and they won't kill you because you're white. That's yeah. good enough. Yeah, you know yeah, I, mean? I didn't get that. I didn't, that. I didn't get that. We had inverted <laughs> yeah. childhoods. And it's like, for my parents and people who think along the same lines as my parents, for me, when I challenge them on these stupid um, Freudian slips or whatever, mm -hmm. like my mom misspoke when she t told me the other night, he, the man couldn't breathe but then why was he saying, I can't breathe if he couldn't breathe? I know like it was just something after she said it, she realized how dumb she sounded, but she uh, still said it, right? Yeah. And um, so people like her, like when I challenge them, they realize, or when I challenge my parents specifically, mm -hmm. they realize, oh shit, adopting a black kid wasn't enough, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Good. And it, so on a broader thing, like I, I mention like people clutching them their their pearls and asking me if um if i'm still gonna vote if i'm going to vote for biden mm -hmm. um and it just seems to me they still are like but what about you know if you just vote if all these people who are protesting voted you know and um the best thing we can do is vote i'm like really do you think like how what a nice simple way of living to disregard any nuance you know like what about the people who were incarcerated and you know have felonies and can't vote what about the people what about like gerrymandering like all that shit that interrupts your point of view about well if we just vote blue what about the fact that in minneapolis uh the mayor is a democrat and the um county or the da is a democrat you know Everybody, sorry, everybody wants to be on a winning team. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to realize your team, the captain might not be on your side. You know what I mean? The captain might, he might not be looking for your victory. He might be looking for his victory. And then at a time like this, we're choosing sides. You know what I mean? Everybody chose a side when they go into the streets. Shit changes, homie. At least your parents, your mommy and your daddy, because whatever, that's still your mommy and your daddy. That's still your elders, to be honest. Mm -hmm. in my life at least it didn't get passed on however yeah. that happened, you know what i mean at least you're not walking around here talking about what about the slave that stole the chicken you know what i mean right yeah <laughs> that chicken oh. is private property <laughs> well okay okay you bring up a good point because yeah. the argument that you know the looting and uh the destruction is unacceptable like i touched on it earlier when i was like it's all 
an expression of anger, but I also wanted to say that, you know, in a lot of instances, like people who are looting or not looting, but just like people are out there. Some of them aren't thinking about voting. They're not thinking about what's going to be on the ballot. You know, it's just an outlet. Oh, the ballot? Honey, let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you my own fucking uh, agenda as a teacher for a long time has always been looking for little seeds of thought I can plant in the younger generation to understand their situation, the world they're in, to think about it, and to know that there's going to become a time when they need to be leaders for their peers, for their communities. Because uprisings continue. Rebellions continue. Right? Every five years, every seven years, there's a major uprising. So all this shit about, uh, fuck, who the fuck's running? Biden? All they're mm -hmm. doing, all they're doing is pandering because they know people are pissed off. Look at how, look at their half-ass pandering they do to black people. Homie, they're, they're not even Post Malone level fucking no. appropriation. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. Biden doesn't have to really try, you know? Like he showed up somewhere. That fool, that fool is coming to work high, drunk. You know what I mean? He's coming from the fucking mimosa brunch at fucking Hamburger Mary's. You know what I mean? He wishes. He's not that. He's not cool like that. He doesn't know anything about Hamburger Mary's. He, could, he wouldn't be able to take the noise. He'd be like, what's going on? No, Biden oh. came from Cracker Barrel. He bought some merchandise, you know? So like, You know what yeah. he's doing? He's going, he's going for like the legally blonde clueless vote. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and, uh, and I mean, I'm just, a, I'm just a guy. I'm just a blonde. You know, vote for me. Yeah, it would be great if we could hang out. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Ugh. <sighs>